My Michelle Live podcast. My, my Michelle Live. Hey, so good to get to the end of the week and take on the news of the week, unspin it, and give you a message of hope because there really is a God story and it's going on all around us and we can often see it in the news stories. You just may not realize it yet, but that's our job. Me and my co-host, Adam Ruzieri. Hey, hey, man. How are you doing? Hey, doing great. Quite a week this week. Michelle, I hope you felt celebrated because I know it was it was International Women's Day this week. Did you feel celebrated? I wasn't sure if I was a woman or not because we don't really know <laughs> what a woman is. So it I'm was still a little wondering. bit awkward. <laughs> yeah. Do you have to go to the mechanic and like, like be like, all right, let me just check under the hood real fast. Like, is that what we've come down to? <laughs> I hope not. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And this is really coming under fire. We'll just break right into it. My screen's kind of wonky, but you can see enough of this. The White House apparently doesn't know what a woman is either because as they were giving out awards for International Women's Day, which was which was Thursday, they gave a courage award to an Argentinian biological male who identifies as a woman alba Um, rueda right so we're effectively erasing biological women from our society and you know what it's not okay women have fought really hard to be recognized in the media in politics in business in sports and then to say oh we're men we could even do being a woman better than you (laughs) It's absurd. So Admiral Rachel Levine last year was, I think, was it Times Woman of the Year? This is crazy, but it was funny to also see Anthony Blinken lean over and give a kiss to Alba Rueda of Argentina. And then, like, realize, I think, in that moment, wait, I just kissed this dude on the cheek. Oh, is that, like, normal? Of course, they're trying to act like it is. But you're right. Like, women are being displaced from positions that were theirs, like safe spaces that were women's bathrooms and opportunity and sports it's really absurd and if really if nobody stands up to say hey this is wrong then you know we're gonna literally go back in time to a place where i don't know if mansplaining is the word but it's like the ultimate form of mansplaining when men are stepping in positions that were for women and they're just taking it from them right like sports academic opportunities title nine is a really important thing that offers young girls and young women academic opportunities and achievement opportunities and like levels of competition that that they need to be able to grow and thrive and enter society in a way that allows them to take positions of leadership and business and just to take on more more responsibility and roles that really i think matter and can affect change in, in, in society in just a greater way but now we have dudes stepping in that place and i think the long-term effect is going to be terrible for all young girls who are looking for what i think women today enjoy which is just equality is basic equality and i'm not not saying equity by the way i'm saying equality because some people Um, don't know the difference anyway and we'll get to that story a little bit later thank you (laughs) bernie cough cough bernie bernie (laughs) (laughs) yeah the sad thing amongst many things as you mentioned the push the pushing away the erasing of women from society or saying that on one hand you're forcing me to recognize your pronouns which are confusing as heck because the whole they thing i can't the, decipher the Z, thing man you know, i'm so it, lost what there. that's doing in many cases now i don't want to um 
I don't want anyone who is watching this that is transgender to think for a moment that you aren't a viable person, that you aren't precious, that you aren't beautiful. Your struggle is real, and the difficulty is something I can't even wrap my head around. If you are a transgendered person, if you whatever you identify as, and you're an athlete, you deserve to compete. If you are, if you're an, a musician, you d- deserve to play, but you don't deserve to displace women because we are biologically different. The problem that I have, and if you want to do whatever you want to do as an adult, I don't care. I'll love you anyway. Be my buddy. Go to coffee with me. I don't care. What I do care about is putting this on kids, Adam, and not allowing kids, not telling kids, you are amazing and beautiful in the skin you're in. We look down still for at least another minute or two on kids who you're 10 or 12 years old and you get breast implants and nose jobs. And we're like, no, kids shouldn't do that. You want to do that as an adult? Fine, whatever. But no, we don't need to be mutilating kids and telling them that they have to be sexualized. So why is it okay to do that and not just say you're beautiful the way you are, whatever you identify as, whatever you're struggling with, whatever kind of attraction that you think you have, that's one thing. But it's, man, to say you're not terrible. beautiful the way you are is a problem. And it's what we're going to talk about today, Adam, is an inconsistent worldview. And you see it in spades in the news this week. It's an inconsistent worldview that really comes from a political foundation. It's not about taking care of people. It's not about affirming anything other than, frankly, a socialist ideology that seeks to displace the foundation of America, a Judeo-Christian foundation that has allowed us to kind of come together and trust in institutions that today are degrading before us. You think about... Okay, so there's like the pride flag, right? And it's like everyone has a month and you have now like the pride flag has evolved to this multicolored like I don't even know how to describe it, like this the trans flag or whatever it is, right? Like why do we even have that? Because in the United States, you don't have to have a pride flag to be a part of something. You're a part of the red, white and blue. You're a part of the United States Ooh. of America. Boom. And so we don't need oh, Michelle God. like you see government buildings flying these flags, right? But the thing is you think about how insulting that is to people like Rick Grinnell and like gay conservatives and just it's like why can't they just come together with all of us under the American flag? Like that that is the flag that speaks for all of us that live in this country. And if you don't like that then I could be a jerk and say just if you don't like it get on out of here but Man, like you don't need a pride flag because there is a flag for you and it's red, white, and blue. It's a drop the mic moment. <laughs> That's just it. That's just it. There is what is the white what is the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant or Catholic flag look like? It's red, white, and blue. <laughs> what is the even like atheist in America? Red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue. The, and it's okay. It's not okay to say we'll just get out of the country. Please stop that. Because there's a place for everyone, even if you think and believe differently, because it hones in. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. It sparks might fly, but it helps you to home in on what you really believe. It helps you to understand where your worldview breaks down. So you're welcome to the table. The thing is, 
we're not in a place where we're allowing all voices. We're shutting things down and shutting people out. I wanted to, two other stories along this line. The U.S. powerlifting, according to yep. a judge, must allow biological men to compete in the women's division in powerlifting. Michelle, I was hoping for my opportunity to get into powerlifting. And this might be my opportunity. Wow. <laughs> I'll be in the dudes division because I, man, like I have other stuff to do. But this is so stupid, Michelle. This is so stupid. Biological men have, it's we have more dense bones. We have more muscle mass naturally. This is not a fair competition at this point to allow biological men to go and compete in powerlifting. Like, Part of my job description is to open jars for my wife, right? That's part of what I do. <laughs> so, yes, like these trans women are going to try and take that from me, too. <laughs> right. There you go. So I wanted to talk about the inconsistency in worldview today. And I'm going to pull up a meme that is indicative of that. Someone I know, I'm going to I'm going to try to do this without putting their name up. But it's a picture of Jesus and with the little children. And this picture, if you can imagine, we've all kind of seen it. So this picture is Jesus in traditional garb that you would imagine from the Middle East. And this sign says, oh, look, a man in a dress telling stories to kids. Wow. You know why I'm really impressed with this? I'm Why? impressed because of all things, I... There was, once upon a time, there was a, I believe there was a shooting because a media outlet threatened to publish a photo or a, an image of the Prophet Muhammad, just an image on their newspaper. Remember the was it the Charlie Hebdo publication in yep. France? Okay, I guess when you're doing it to Jesus, nobody cares. It's, this is just so absurd. First of all, Michelle, as you and I were discussing, Jesus and that meme is wearing the traditional garb of the time that men wore and still wear men today around still the, wear the world today exactly. you have you have these robes you have salwar kameeshs you have around the world men will wear this type of garment especially in hot climates so it's culturally insensitive it, it oh for sure it, to, on one level it is religiously offensive and you got to ask yourself so if they were to say as you alluded to to post a picture of the prophet muhammad and say this if there would be shootings and beheadings and it's not happening because this is all over the internet and you're not seeing Christians do it. How offended are they really? How dangerous are they really? So just, just ask yourself that, but it's the, I know the Biden administration was super concerned about white Christian nationalists. So is this going to, is this going to light a match? What's going on here? Is this the spark? Like it's just, it's, it's sad to see, but again, too, like you mentioned just how insensitive this is, but also inaccurate. Jesus is not sitting here wearing these cartoonish fake boobs, lipstick, and painting his face like this cartoon of a woman. Overly Which, sexualized. Uh, people are having conniption fits and putting things all over the internet about, see, for example, and their laws with, um, with cross-dressing transgender shows. which is basically the same laws that they have for strip clubs. Strippers can't go into public areas and start doing a strip tease. They can't go to a light pole and start taking their clothes off and doing pole dance. In the same regard, they're saying, yeah, we're going to keep 
we're going to keep this adult entertainment. And people are eating themselves because they're so angry at this. You've got to ask yourself, what the heck is wrong with these people? And what are you trying to do to kids that you can't say, okay, yeah, there's a space for that. They're this so is what happens. You have a meme like this, which just shows utter ignorance and insensitivity, stupidity, and it's just... Well, Michelle, they're so angry. They're so angry about it as they seek to displace the American flag for the pride flag, as they seek to use government money to paint the pride flag on streets and on stairs. And now you have people who disagree with that, right? Who are in some cases defacing the pride flag that's been painted on streets. As we, you may have heard, like recently in Fort Lauderdale, I think a guy was charged with basically making tire marks on the pride flag that was painted on the road. Which, by the way, like tire marks on happened the on the road. But you have the mayor of Fort Lauderdale coming out and saying, oh, this is a terrible attack on calling it a hate crime, basically. But what, what is it really? <clears throat> but that meme wasn't. Yeah. And that's what you've got to be concerned about. The very things, the very books that you see being read to children, that you'll see some of the, the people who are grooming kids come in. I'm not saying that every transgender person that goes into a school is reading f filth to our kids, right. but there's been plenty of instances where it's been reported. So why? Why is it coming from that place and what is really happening here? It looks like grooming, and it's just really not okay because we've created this <clears throat> free-for-all. Um, it's over-sexualized and an emphasis on sexuality that is just not appropriate in, no, in schools. Sick. And that's why there's pushback. You know what? Do what you want to do, but just leave the kids alone. Why do you have to go after the kids? This was a story that was crazy. Did you hear about this? I did hear a little bit about this one. So DeSantis was reading from a book that came from the schools right. and something happened. Something interesting happened as he's reading this book. They cut the live feed because this book was so <laughs> inappropriate and so pornographic. This book meant for children that it was cut. So what does that say? So it was cut, like they cut the live feed, but this is a book that they're trying to make available to literally like kids under 10. <laughs> but we can't show it to adults who might be watching because they'll be so offended by this. This is par for the course. You have parents who are being, <clears throat> like, not having their live feeds cut, but they're going to school boards and they're reading the same kind of content to school board members and being either shouted down or removed from the podium as they read. In some cases, pornographic, explicit material. So it, this is not a biology book. This is like a how-to-do-XYZ taboo thing, right? And beyond that, too, Michelle, you have school board leaders, school board presidents and school board members who are coming together and colluding to determine how best to promote this agenda in a way that actually displaces other school board members who might be more in favor of parent rights and protecting children and not giving children access to this kind of garbage. It's absurd. And question why keeps popping into my head. Why are they so obsessed with sexualizing our kids? Why are they so obsessed? Michelle, they're self-righteous when they do this too, by the way. They feel like they're doing the right thing. They feel like they're standing up for these trans nine-year-olds. Give me a break, man. Keep sexual. Keep the whole sexualizing, grooming experience away from kids who are 
that age. And by the way, leave that to the parents. This is super sensitive stuff that should basically be governed by the parent-child relationship, at least until the age of 18. And it certainly shouldn't be the responsibility of school boards or schools to offer access to and to literally, like you said, groom children to make them conform to a certain political ideology. Like you send great kids to college and they come back, they come back crazy progressives who, you know, all of a sudden don't even know what their gender is, right? Like when parents send their kids to school, they should trust that their kids are going to be offered access to a safe and vibrant education. And that's just not happening. Conservatives are going to hate that I say this. You want to indoctrinate our, okay, however... Could we make sure that we're not like 35th in the world in math and, and reading <laughs> and number one in self-esteem first? Could we make sure that yeah. we are number one or at least the top three? Could I say the top 10 in science? Michelle, they can't even say that we're number one in feelings, right? If this is all about feelings, oh, oh, you know man. what? Like the mental health of our kids is so down the drain right now too. Suicide is at all time highs for kids and it's been escalating since COVID. So it's what are they really pursuing here? What metrics are they using to measure success? Because whatever those metrics are, they're failing. Like they're failing miserably. We're failing on the world stage and we're failing as people. We're failing as people who have an obligation to really guide our children to the next level of life, which is adulthood. And to your but with point, no base, they're screwed. To your point that we're pushing out alternative views or views that might bring balance. School district in Arizona is rejecting student teachers from their university, from an Arizona Christian university due to their biblical values. What? <laughs> Wait. Wait you, can you just say that one more time, Michelle, so we can all make sure we heard that right? Yeah. So, yeah, they're removing like, their biblical values are just Arizona Christian University this. is... <laughs> Arizona Christian University. It makes you question like the foundation of these universities. Arizona Christian University, what does your curriculum look like? No, you know, no let me just be fair on this. Let me be fair on get? this. Their biblical values are a little more anti-biblical. And when you look at that, it's easy to get upset about it. But if you read between the lines, it goes to the LGBTQ thing. Now, exactly. I, I say that because it's important for us to realize that Christian or individual private universities have the right to uphold their values. You cannot dictate what and you may agree or you may disagree, but that is what freedom is. The concern that I have is that we have a generation, particularly Gen Z, who has no concept of what freedom is, freedom of speech, what real tolerance is. And that's what's really scary to me. We're seeing yeah. more and more of this. In fact, there is such confusion. Today we wanted to talk about worldviews and how we're seeing the absolute confusion. If your worldview is confusing and if you don't even understand your worldview, there's a really good chance that other people won't as well. And so let's take a <laughs> look at that? this. We alluded it, to it earlier. Bernie Are Sanders, we confusing equality of opportunity with so trying good. to guarantee equity and outcomes? Okay, that's interesting because I think this word equity has come into the language this literally in the last like a few years. And before that, we didn't hear it a lot. And I think a lot of people 
hear equity and they hear equality. It's the same word, and it's not the same word in the concept. So how would you differentiate between equity and equality? Quality, we talk about, I don't know what the answer to that is. Whoa, I don't know what the answer is. That, that may have been really you quiet know? in the live feed, but basically the difference between equity and equality was asked of Bernie Sanders, and he was like, yeah, I don't know what that means. And well, so, so Bill Maher Bill explains Mar- it. Well, he asked it brilliantly, right? The question he asked was, are we confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity and outcomes? That's a very well-stated question. And we have Bernie saying, I don't know. I don't know the difference. I don't know. And even after him laying it out, he still was like, yeah, I'm for equality. Then, (laughs) and it was just, you could see on Bill's face, he was like, oh, okay. I don't think he really gets it here. Yeah, he was like, good answer for equality too. (laughs) And that's the sad thing is that you try to create this morality that's not really based on an ultimate morality. It's just, it's like shifting sand. Today we believe this, and most of us believe this, or we think this feels right, so this becomes right, but there really is no ultimate right or wrong. So where does it come from? And if there's no right or wrong, it really is based on feelings. So if I feel different, aren't my feelings legitimate too? If you don't have a biblical right or wrong, if you don't have an ultimate God, if you don't have something that's outside of our universe that is setting the standard, then anything's up for grabs. And that's what we're seeing, but it's inconsistent. That's why I have a problem with people who are like, my truth is this, or my truth is that. It's like, what is the truth? It's like, what is the biblical truth? The whole feelings thing, there are things in life that are, that can be absolutes. There are definitely some scientific absolutes as well. I think there's, I'm not a mathematician, and I've, I definitely struggled through math as a kid because I was more distracted with chasing squirrels, but just like my pugs. But in math, there are proofs, right? You can actually create absolutes and so to sit here and act things like biological sex are not absolutes and life and death are not absolutes and salvation just like why are we getting to this point where we're literally like deleting from our history things that really have contributed to our our I think our success and growth over time to, to now delete women from society is the same thing here. And so it's nice to actually see a little bit of truth from a guy like Bernie Sanders, who typically I think does speak his mind. He does offer truth. Even if I don't agree with his views, the guy you isn't full of crap. Stands. You know where he stands. And you I, know, I, well, Michelle, I, it's what would Bernie Sanders say if he saw the same footage that Kareem Jean-Pierre saw of J6 when Tucker released it? As she sits here saying this was the worst attack on democracy ever, as you see the QAnon shaman praying with Capitol Police for Capitol Police and literally like walking around nine police officers as allies, as friends, Bernie Sanders would have a much more truthful explanation for what happened in those videos than what we actually are given from those who are elected and in positions of power. Kareem well, Jean-Pierre the, saying Bernie it's Sanders like, is old school. He comes from yeah. a world where you disagree with people, you disagree vehement, vehemently, you can shout at each other, but you don't shout each other down. You don't shut each other out. That's where yeah. he comes from. That's why you can respect that. Most it's crazy, definitely. Michelle. Bernie's a guy who went up, he went to the Soviet Union, I think, for his honeymoon as a young man. And he's like you said, he's old school. So is Joe Biden. Joe Biden's been in power for almost 50 years. You have two old school guys and one who lives in truth, who we can disagree with. And then another one who lives in this total fantasy world 
and kind of behaves like a puppet. It's just wow. To see why the DNC pushed Bernie away from the presidential ticket, by the way, because Bernie does live in truth and Joe Biden is a puppet. And that that's where I want to ask you. And it happens on both sides of the aisle. But how does this happen? And it's easy to see because when it's all about just being in power, you do or say whatever you need to say. Bernie Sanders, I don't agree with him on a lot of things. That's fine. But he stands on his principles. He stands on what he believes, his core exactly. values. And Joe Biden is has been every weird thing that's out there. And, and through a lot of his career, he's been a racist, an outright on, racist. If you don't believe me, look it up. Now, funny, because if anyone has had any kind of racist leaning in their background, man, they are canceled. Right. But yet, if they're in power, we can look the other way. A little hypocrisy? Yeah, a lot of hypocrisy. Yeah, a lot Some of more hypocrisy. race hypocrisy. We have Colin Kaepernick. Did you know now his parents oh, are racist? Colin Kaepernick was adopted by white parents as a little one. And they raised him, and I think he's mentioned that, yeah, I'm sure they love, they love me and everything, but they contribute to racism. They're perpetuating racism is his exact quote. And one of the things that he cited was when he was a kid, he wanted to have cornrows like his NBA hero star Alan Iverson and his parents were like yeah no you're not doing you're not getting cornrows <laughs> do you know why I don't if my kid wanted cornrows that's expensive that's a lot of work no was it racist no. racist are you if you're adopting a black child and making them your own like, like it's insane right we have a supreme court justice now who's got a mixed race family because of adoption she chose to adopt children of color love right like, out of pure love and, and so if Kaepernick's sitting here saying, oh, my parents were perpetuating racism, first of all, what a joke. Second of all, maybe, like, I know how moms are. Maybe it didn't match the outfit that she had in mind for him that day for school or whatever. It's the parents' Have choice. we not all had this conversation over our hair or our clothes or whatever right. with our parents? Like, now, all of a sudden, a time, I get I to wanted... call my parents racist because yeah. I'm a... Hispanic woman and my mom is white and she wouldn't let me wear things out of the house. Does that make her racist? She's so racist. You know, once <laughs> upon a time I wanted to dye my hair bleach, bleach blonde or orange with sun in like back in the early nineties. And my mom wouldn't let me because she didn't want me to look like an idiot. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, such a racist. Right? Oh, Adam, Don't you're gonna to hear me say that. I'm just can't. kidding, Mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're gonna culturally appropriate blonde people with your ugly, yeah. like derivative of blonde, whatever color that looks like. Like, I, she just didn't want me to look like a light pole, like this skinny little like kid with like just albino looking hair. Just, <laughs> it, it just, you know what? Parents have their reasons, right? And it doesn't mean they're racist. Parents have their reasons for making sure their children look presentable, whether it's for church or for school or for a family reunion. And for Kaepernick, someone who's lived such a privileged life off of a society that gave him great opportunity to pursue his athletic talents and to get married to a wife who is a host and a personality on MTV. This guy is living the American dream just like LeBron James, yet he'll sit here and he'll pee over, he'll pee all over everything that really gave him such such a beautiful life. And maybe he should just give that up and start giving to the people that... Oh, there we go. 
Why doesn't that happen? How about we redistribute that wealth? This is another story <laughs> out of, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother story. We probably don't even mm-hmm. have time for it today, but there are some stories along those lines. Let me get to this one. Texas Tech has suspended the men's basketball coach because he used a Bible quote when he was talking to his, his kids about how they need to submit to their coach. You got to listen to your coach. And I think basically he was using, he says he was referring to scripture that says, if you're a slave, your earthly masters, whoever you're under authority, government, you need to submit to authority. And he was let go because they said that is culturally, it's racist and such. I want to give you some context into what the Bible does say about slavery. And yeah, even just mentioning the word slavery is a bad thing. First of all, if it's a Bible quote, people, it had nothing to do with blacks and slavery at that time. And slavery. Also, the Old Testament was pretty rough, man. Like, pretty rough back in those old testament days like thank god for the new testament thank you jesus (laughs) and even in the new testament where it talks about slavery because it was a real thing it often talks about being a bond slave to christ that a bond slave means i've chosen because maybe people in that era had debt or whatever it may be or i'm poor gosh okay i could live in this household and just work and get be be i could pay off my debt oh indentured servitude right so it, yes, indeed. So the Bible was addressed has addressed many times, even in the New Testament, in Colossians, in Peter, where it says, "If you are a slave, be the best servant there is. Serve like your master, like you would the Lord. Just set an example." That even in the Old Testament, when you see the story of Joseph. He was arrested or he was in jailed. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. And he lived a, a life that shone his commitment to God. He got risen to the second in command over all Egypt because of it. But the Bible also says, Masters, like you know what? These are your brothers in Christ. You treat them with respect. You do not be harsh. They recognized that it was a reality. The Bible did not condone slavery. In fact, you could see all through Scripture, it talked against it. But it also said, if you're in this situation, here's how to find hope. If you're in this situation, here's how to live your life. I love that about the Bible. And coincidentally, let me just point out in my final, before I step off my soapbox, that it is because of people with a biblical view reading through these very scriptures that slavery was abolished in our society in England and then in the United States of America. It was the people who said, wait, this isn't right. The Bible teaches something else. And then other people who were saying, you're just not paying attention to science and you're not, you're just ignoring (laughs) the facts. And we see the same arguments that are being perpetuated with abortion, believe it or not. I love Michelle on a soapbox because it's always like a hold my beer sort of moment. We've got this. You're so right, because there are some really valuable lessons here. And the fact that head coach Mark Adams was fired for leaning back on on this biblical foundation is absurd because these lessons translate to the real world today. They translate to the professional world. It it basically speaks to you do the absolute best in in the position that, that you're given or that you're in. And man, good things can come from that, right? If you are a servant, be the best servant you can be. If you're a master or if you're a leader, you know what? respect and understand that once upon a time you might not have been a master or a leader and oh by the way the person that you're controlling 
quote unquote controlling right now could someday also be a master, right? If they work hard enough, they can be a number two or a number one, right? Like they can literally work themselves to that position of status. And the fact that he was leaning on the Bible to like redefine and just solidify that, that athlete coach relationship. And now to see how the schools reacted, it's really a terrible thing. And Texas yeah. Tech is a public school in Texas. It gets public money. There's always been, even in public schools, there's always been space for God. I was a part of Fellowship of Christian Athletes back when oh, I was a, yeah. a student athlete. And I was never like a star performer as an athlete. I just tried really hard and I hustled my butt off and I worked really hard in practice. And the coaches, right? The coaches were oftentimes the ones that were leading our FCA group meetings in the morning, leading us in prayer, leading us through Bible study, and then try, and then really trying to translate what the Bible study meant for us on the field or on the court. And so to see what's happening here now to Mark Adams is really an injustice. So I really, I, I really hope that Christian groups around the country will rally around Mark Adams, around Coach Adams, and just let Texas Tech know how you feel about this because we need more God on the court. We need more God in work. We need more God in general in our lives. Um, it, it will bring people back to the center. It will bring us back to a place where we don't feel so out of control because we know God's got it. And we're seeing pushback on another story. Deion Sanders in Colorado wants to pray. He just wants to pray with any of the guys under him that want to pray. And they were pushing back and he said, uh-uh, this is my right. And <clears throat> so far he is getting a lot of support legally. If, a, if that's a coach's belief and they're not forcing you or they're not saying, okay, if you don't pray with me, you don't play with me, that would not be cool. But free right. speech is a thing. And in this age where kids are killing themselves at a record rate, depression is at an all-time high. You would think that anything that could be positive, we would say, okay, if it has life-changing effects and faith surely does, then welcome it but instead exactly. we're seeing things like let's transition to abortion in our last few minutes here we're oh, seeing yeah. attacks on pro-life groups from after the doj arrested pro-life activists newsom is cutting ties with walgreens because they're not going to dispense abortion pills in states where it is illegal huh? yet we see what abortion really is in one news story where a democrat was having to resign now because this guy, Massachusetts Democrat, <laughs> said that abortion is necessary because we, without abortion, we're stuck paying for those disabled kids and their education later in life. Good Lord. What the heck? Can you imagine... Like the value of every individual human life, like we don't live in the stone age, the value of every life, it's there, right? Every life, whether you're disabled or not, you've got a soul, you've got a heart, you've got a brain, you've got something worth protecting, <clears throat> worth celebrating. And so to hear like our lawmakers sitting here trying to determine <laughs> the viability of life when they can't even tell you what a woman is, it's absurd. It's stupid on its face. We have to push back on this kind of stuff. The attacks on these on, on pro-life groups, Michelle, it's really upsetting to see the disparity between how the DOJ enforces the law against, frankly, pro-life groups that try to protect life, seeing what they do to, to private citizens in their home in front of their children, raiding their homes with guns, attacking peaceful people unnecessarily, and then how they treat attacks on pro-life groups in general as well. It's like, 
it's a total disparity when you ask Merrick Garland what the difference is. He says the pro-life groups who are going to the abortion centers, they are doing it during the day. And the people who are attacking pro-life groups are attacking them at night. So you're telling me that we could devote millions of dollars and resources to identify people seen in screenshots of J6 videos around the country to then politically persecute them. But we can't protect pro-life groups and women's centers that are offering women other options beyond abortion. Like, you're telling me that we can't protect them because of when they're being attacked? It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And we've seen, I think, unequal justice really perpetuating through our system over the last few years. And we have to take that back. And you have to ask yourself once again, with an inconsistent worldview, when you are advocating for killing life, human life, and it's most vulnerable, when you're advocating for that, when you call it pro-choice, when you're not telling the whole story, what happens to a woman, the guilt and the pain that it causes, we've, we have come to a place where we are not celebrating the value of every single human life. And that is in our genetic makeup. It's in our DNA program from God. We see it when you go see a movie, who are you rooting for? You're rooting for underdog. You're rooting for the people who... You could do it, cocaine bear. <laughs> <laughs> you, re you recognize that life is really precious. You, that's in our core values. And then when we destroy that and we make it like you could just throw it away, when we suck it out of the womb, kicking and screaming, you have devalued oh, life. And when we do that, what is the effect on our collective psyche? How does that affect the way that we value our own lives? How does it affect the next generation who realizes I'm just here by luck, you know, that someone didn't need to suck me out of my mother's Oh, my gosh. It really does have an effect on how we treat other people. If you have had an abortion, I'm not saying that you're this murderous, awful person. You, like all of us, are a victim of the unchecked sin and unchecked or un unchallenged information that is just thrown out there. No one yeah. had the opportunity. Many people in my generation didn't have the opportunity to be told, look, there's more to this story. There is hope. You're making a decision, a permanent decision based on a temporary situation. There is more to this. There could be answers. You were not told that. So don't go around thinking that you, know, that you should be hated or that people of who are pro-life hate you. I think it's right. important to know. And as I transition to the last two stories real quick, there are a couple stories that kind of show that it's not really about fighting against each other. The Bible says that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness and high places. In other words, it's a spiritual battle. So I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you identify as. And there's two stories that go along those lines. There's a queer young actor, <laughs> man, woman, whatever, that shared their love of Christ at the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. There's a strip club owner that got baptized and completely stopped their business and was uncovering a sex trafficking ring. 
I want you to know, I don't care where you're at, what you believe, who you vote for, what you identify as, who you sleep with, who you're attracted to, the way you vote, whatever. I don't care. The truth is that there is something more beautiful and more powerful and whatever you're at and whatever you believe, there's a God who loves you. And there's a truth that transcends all this stuff that we've been talking about. I am not asking you to change your thinking or to change your voting before you come to that truth and realization. The point is, I don't take a shower and wash myself before I take a shower. I just let God come and straighten things out. I'm as messed up as anybody on the planet, and I'll be the first to admit that. But Same. I do know a truth, right? <laughs> You're number two. I'm sorry. I got it. I got it. But I do know that the truth has set me free. I do know who I believe in. I'm persuaded he's able to hold on to me, to help me to be more like him, and to set me free from the things that just don't bring him glory, that just don't work well for me. So you, whatever you believe, come to him and let, I'm going to let him do the straightening out. That's all I got to say on that. I'm right there with you. Life life is hard. We carry a lot of weight responsibility. It's up to us to continue to do our best. The lesson that Coach Adams was trying to teach his players, it's up to us to do our best and to struggle. Life is a struggle, right? And it's up to us to struggle to get to a better place, even if we can't quite get there ourselves. Because truth is, we're never going to get there ourselves, but it's our obligation to try. And at the end of the day, God's got it and we'll be okay. I like it. Before you bring us home, Adam, I just want to show this because it's freaking adorable. (laughs) That's it. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of God's got it. So, yeah. (laughs) So this is my little man, Hayden, here, who's just like such a light of joy. We So Sunday is typically a bath day. We try to we bathe him every two days or so. And so I I think that was Naked Baby Sunday right there. Hayden with his little soap hairdo. And he's just having so much fun. He's just living life. And we're having a lot of fun with him, too. And He's making noises now, and it's crazy because just once upon a time, he was just a little bit of a heartbeat on a machine that we were listening to. And, and but now was he human? Oh, he was definitely human. <laughs> you know what? Change his diaper. You'll see how human he <laughs> is, right? <laughs> it's and the true. thing is, is I don't, we have a family friend who literally had a child at 22 weeks, which is extremely, it's a very sensitive sort of birth, right? Like that is a child that's still developing, but also still very much a human and today very much alive, doing well, actually. Life is is beautiful and it's, beautiful. it's valuable. And, and every it's single protecting. life, every single life, even those who think differently than you, every trans life, every... Uh, I will not call anyone sis. Don't make me. I'm a woman. But if you want to identify as that, fine. Your life is precious. You are precious. And you're precious to God. Adam, bring us home. Guys, thank you so much for listening and for watching this too. Check us out at MyMichelleLive.com. Please drop us comments. Let us know what you liked or didn't like and share this with your friends and family. And definitely please follow us, leave comments. That kind of stuff helps us be more visible in the search rankings. And oh, oh by the way, My Michelle Live, really cool swag too. I was rocking My Michelle Live mug earlier. It was uh-huh. great for tea. It holds like the perfect amount oh, of water in it. Right and there. I think, yep. And I'll look at that. Exactly. Exactly. That's a, They're really well built. I'll just put it that way. Because I've as a marketing guy, I've bought swag before. And sometimes you worry about, oh, if I wash it too many times, is the label, is the logo going to come off now these things are great uh and also too michelle by the way before we just totally sign off remind us about your book this is my book right here 
It's called Find Your Voice, and it really is for all of us who want to be more effective at sharing our passion. You have been put here on this earth for a reason. There's something passionate inside of you, and you need to get that message out. I don't care if it's podcasting, sharing with your friends, posting on Facebook, having conversations over coffee, speaking out in front of people, or starting a whole new organization or ministry. This book is to help you hone in your message, to help you to focus it, to find your audience, and to get that message out here. Fulfill the purpose you were meant to fulfill. So there you go, guys. Thank you. God bless, and we will catch you next week. God bless, everybody. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.